Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we've got a really interesting show today. Linda, we're going to talk about auric energies. Um, I just learned recently what auras are, and I don't really know that much, to be honest. Um, I always thought auras were something, you know, that only certain people could see. I didn't think that you could, like, you know, improve or work on seeing people's auras, and I don't know. I think that's kind of neat. It would be a good skill to have. Well, this is the way I see it. I don't care about seeing other people's auras. The only thing I would be uh, think that's valuable is is working on your own so that you project uh, a really good energy. That. <laughs> well, see, I'm nosy. I'm like, I want to watch my kids' auras. I want to watch my dad's aura. I want to like go on a date. You know, I, I don't know. Aura. Maybe, maybe you, you know, sometimes you you, you don't even need to see an aura. You just you, you know, you can tell by the energy of a person. Can you? I mean, we talked about this last week, I think. I mean, some people um, are pretty dense, and you don't want to be with them. And, it, and, and usually it's those people that have a low vibration and, and a low, uh, you know, probably a very uh, faint aura or, you know, I don't know. It's all interconnected. I mean, I think if you're really in a good place and you've got a high vibration and you're feeling great and you're very conscious and, and things are going, your, your aura is going to be pretty strong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm so excited that, like, Dimitri Moriaitis is coming on. He wrote a book called Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, um, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. You know me, Linda. I'm, I'm so into this stuff. I'm like, ooh, I want to tap into yeah, like, but the you, power. Yeah, but you see, you, you know, you, when you just talked about the book, what did it say? Changing yours. It's not about kind of finding others, people. It's about changing yours. I know. You know? But oh, just, don't be so damn nosy. <laughs> I, well, you know, I do have trust issues. I'll, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm upfront and honest about my trust issues. So one of the things that really helped me, Linda, is like you're in my shows um, when we did all this stuff about like negative energy and, you know, really listening to like, you know, my head check, heart check, gut check, you know, that I do with my kids now. Um, it's helped me step away from taking in only what I hear. Like most of the time, like I went on what people said or what people wrote in an email and I take it for face value. And then you meet these people and you get sit next to them and it's like, ooh, like that, like 
what I heard or what you're saying doesn't match up with what I'm feeling and like what it says in my like my head might say that makes sense but then my heart and my gut's like "Eh." and then when you gave that that term like low energy vibration you know I went out with some friends this weekend and one of the gals there who I I quite like and quite enjoy has such a low energy vibration I was like oh I get this like just sitting next to her is like the black hole of friendship it's just sucking my energy right in there and it was nice for me to have a, a, a term to put at her, a way to think about it, as opposed yeah. to just like, Ech, I don't like her. Well, it's not even a like. I mean, it's just uh, sometimes you have nothing in common. There, there's, there's no connection. And you say, well, why am I wasting my time here? On Friday night, we went out with my 90, it's her birthday today, 92. Oh, I'll tell you birthday. one thing. She has the energy of a 35-year-old. Not only is her, I, mean, I imagine her aura is so bright, but her attitude is just, I mean, every time I'm with her, I am so, I'm so delighted to be with her. She's so interesting. She just got back from San Francisco, and she's out all the time, and she's doing, but, and she does not think about her age. She does not think about, you know, the possibilities. She's of being that old she's just enjoying every day and oh my god you know it just i'm so happy when i'm with her you know it's just it's just a delight and if if we can find more people that we just say it's oh so delicious to be with them what a what a gift that is but it's up to us and we don't have to put ourselves in with people that don't do that for us. And as you get older, I think you you realize that more and more. You know, if our time is short on this on this earth, then why waste it with people that you're not connecting with? Well, I, you know, I think you, you know you're right. Yes, but but we do change. You know, like I look at all the changes I've been through over like the last five years. Yes, you know, constantly. And I look at the people that I was very comfortable with five years ago, you know, because I was depressed, I was angry, I was hurt, you know, my mom had died, I got went through a divorce, my two dogs had to be put down, you know, just a lot of trauma. So I was really comfortable around people who were very low vibrationally energetic or whatever the word is, but you know, they were kind of downers, let's just put it that way. Now, I find since I'm so upbeat and positive, I wake up in the morning really joyful and happy, like back to my natural happy self and probably even better, um, I realize, like, you know, I don't have to spend a lot of time with people who bring me down. And even though, you know, there have been longtime friends, it's okay to not spend a lot of time around them just because they're longtime friends or they're, you know, they helped me a lot through a certain period of time. I've moved on. I've brightened and lightened and, you know, become more energetic and happy and I want to really be around those people and I was watching some of the the things in in um in Dimitri's book uh the change your aura change your life about like these energy bubbles and you know how to refuse an angry outburst and I, I want to talk to him like can we refuse like can we sit with someone and like not be a sponge and soak up their negative yes. energy to, yes like my my friend Fred I mean he because he's Oh, he is most. I had lunch with him today. <laughs> That's why I'm in such a good mood. It's he's such a, in, in my book an enlightened being. And if 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 people are always pouring their stuff on you, you know what he says now? He said, "I'm not a porta potty. I, you know, I, I I don't want to listen to it." 
Right. Like, I'm not a sponge. That's what I thought yeah. this weekend. I'm not a sponge. potty. You really get the message across. You know, don't, put your crap somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So why should you, you know, if you're in that wonderful good space or good aura, why you don't want to subject yourself to those that are not because they they want to do one thing. They want to kind of drag you down to their level. So you have to be very, very careful. But rather than be very careful, just choose the people you want to be with. It's, it's, I think it's easier. Well, I think it is, but it gets very complicated. You know, when you have kids and the kids' friends and then, you know, like my dad and his friends, you know, there's there's people that we have to deal with or, or clients. You know, there's times when I, I choose my client, but I don't choose his assistant or his marketing person or, yeah. you know. I, I'm just interested in learning how to work with these people better so that doesn't bring me down. Yeah, well, you know, you you, you I think that you build up a, a resistance and, and if and if if you know, and you just say, "Well, this is this is not my not my friend. This is something I, that I just need to do today." And you won't take on their stuff. And I know it's hard. Especially, I mean, sometimes I'm on the phone with a with a provider, like whether it's Verizon or or AT and T or something or or anything. And you know how frustrating that is just to get someone to talk to. So the time that they get on the phone, you're ready to bite their <laughs> their heads off. You know, because you're so frustrated um, with the time it's taken to actually get to speak to a live person. <laughs> yeah, so no, are, I, I, I get it. So different, like I like sometimes the pacing. Like it forces me to slow down my pacing, and I don't. I'm not quick to anger. I'm the opposite. I'll take it. Like you know, that's why I say like a sponge. Like I'll take it and take it, and take it until it's too much for me. And I think like I need to be a little bit more like you. Like you can just put those walls down or put those those rails up or board. Up, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, no, well, you know, but you know, you are who you are. I am who I am. We're 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 all different. I I don't take a lot on before I explode. I I I take it on, and if I and if something's going on that I don't like, then I sort of like vent it out. Not as much as I used to because I don't get as upset as I used to. But I don't I don't like to store it in because that's what makes ulcers and all sorts of bad things. <laughs> Well, I learned that one the hard way. Um, yeah. I'd like to introduce our guest. I'd like to bring him on early because I have a million questions. Um, Good. Um, the book that we're talking about today is Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. It's written by Barbara Martin and Dimitri Moriadis. And Dimitri is here with us today to answer questions and talk about this book. Uh, Dimitri, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. I Well, what did you think? You listened to our opening dialogue. I'm sure you had something to say. Well, these are two fascinating people. We are so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, you touch on a lot of things right away. Um, maybe one kind of jumping in point, um, the idea about other people's energy. Um, you know, we do all have this auric field. It's part of who we are. Uh, it's the spiritual essence. Everything we think, feel, and do, our talents, our creative power, our health, our spirituality, all of this is reflected in the aura. It's its the driving force. The reason we call it change your aura, change your life, is that you need energy to do anything in life. And the place you generate that energy is in your aura. And once it's in your aura, by that law, it will eventually show up in your life. And if it's not in your aura then you've just got to build up the power till it's there. And that's kind of one of the spiritual laws. Now, we do live in a sea of energy. 
you know, there we are constantly interacting with other because we're we're not the only aura in town. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of auras around us, and as you say, some of them are good and some of them are not so good. But one of the things I can say off the bat, um, no energy can enter your aura, no other energy, unless somewhere you're permitting it. You have to give on some level permission for that energy to step in, and you absolutely do have the right to refuse it, but you do have to exercise that right. Uh, the, exa the example you gave in the book of anger. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take us to commercial break. This oh, is sorry. a great teaser because we're going to find okay. out when we come back from the break, you know, how we can we – can, uh, block this permission for those of us especially who have have energy boundary violations up the wazoo like me um when we come back from the break we're going to talk with dimitri moriatis of changer or a changer life we're going to answer some of these questions and we're going to learn how we can get along better and protect ourselves in the process more after the break we've got lots more powered up with sandra beck and linda franklin after these messages Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Riles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Linda Franklin, and we are Powered Up Talk Radio, and we're visiting today with Dimitri Moriaitis. He wrote a book called Change Your Aura, Change Your Life with his co-author, Barbara Martin, who's not with us today. And um, before we get into talking about anger and how we can uh, use our own energy or repel energy or not give permission for other energy to come in, uh, Dimitri, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your background, and it says here on, on the book that you're the director of the Spiritual Arts Institute. What does that do? Well, that is an organization we founded uh, many years ago to give a home for this work. Uh, You know, Barbara had been teaching this work for decades, and we decided it was time to bring a home for it and to offer metaphysics to many people. So actually, we just moved to the North San Diego County. We were in L.A. for many years. And now we move to North San Diego. We open up a new center. Its grand opening is the beginning of June. And we're offering classes online, in-person, workshops, uh, consultations, healings, the works. And um, people can join these classes from all over the world, and they do. And God bless them. Some of them are coming out at 3 o'clock in the morning because that's, you know, the time changes wherever you are. And um, it's really, you know, as you all well know, this is a time of spiritual opportunity, Uh There are more people waking up to the idea of the spiritual life than ever before. And it's not necessarily connected to a a religious system or it's just something that they're feeling. And it doesn't have a particular center. It seems to be happening everywhere. And it's just part of the age that we live in now. And what we tell people, you know, that's not an accident. Your, Your awakening is part of a bigger process. It's the divine calling on you and it's sort of up to you to, to answer that call. And Dimitri, don't you think that it is part of what's going on in the world right now? There's so much uncertainty and so much upheaval and so much fright and so much fear that people are, and there doesn't seem to be answers coming from the outside, so we sort of have to take solace in ourselves and and be peaceful and get what we can from what's inside of us. Absolutely, and also remember, it is a time of change, so a lot of the the pillars that we used to rely on, shall we say, maybe are not as durable as we thought they were, but other ones will emerge. Um, we are actually, uh, Barb used to call this age, or the, from the inspiration of the higher, the tail end of the scorpion. You know, we're, we're at the end of, let's say, a cycle of humanity and at the beginning of another. And yes, where is the venom at the tail of the scorpion, but it's also showing it's the end of things. So one of the things the higher says is even though, yes, there are a lot of dramas and uh, there's actually a good coming. We're actually on the verge of, of a new good age there and not to get too absorbed like the you know, 91st Psalm says, you know, a thousand may fall at thy side and 10,000 your right hand, but it won't come to you. Meaning just stay true to yourself, like you're saying, true to your own divinity and the world will will change accordingly. And uh, to to take sort of that optimistic approach, it's important because that's what facilitates the change. Uh, you know, um, Bill Gates was talking about in one of his, you know, he does so much work uh, for helping people around the yeah. world. He says one of the biggest challenges is the doomsdayers that say, oh, what's the worth of giving? It's not going to help. It's not going to change anything. It It causes you not to take action. 
because you think what's the point or it won't be successful or it won't be. And that's what's hurting. We have to say, no, we have to give this. We have to help. We have to reach out. We have to do what we can from where we are. And that will be our part in the bigger picture. As Gandhi said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And then that will help change the world. Yeah, yeah I, and that's what we have to do. And and if you know, if more people can realize how powerful they are, and and one person at a time can change the whole planet. Um, yeah, and 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 you know, our guest before we've talked about going uh, into the Aquarian age, and it's a whole mm-hmm. new, you know a whole new beginning. Um, you saying, well, it, you know, it's so. It's, you said like the tail end of the scorpion. It's the end of something, but it's also the beginning of something else. Exactly, exactly. And that's what we have to to go on. Even though we may see some ugly things happen in the world, don't see the world as ugly. It's just going through a change. It's like, you know, if there's a, a like a a, a a pus or something in your on your skin, you know, you have to lance it, the pus comes out and then you heal it. So we're in kind of that exhuming stage. Things are being released that maybe some have been there for quite some time. But it's changing. I mean, even what you see in the, the Middle East, you see some horrifying things happen in some of these countries. But it's also the fact that so much world attention is on it means that, you know, these the days of this kind of activity are numbered. And eventually this this is like, you know, again, it's sort of a, a purging period. And we have to stay strong through this time because there are good days ahead and there are you know, we all have a purpose in this life, and we have to not let the challenges of the life scare us from doing the things that we know we need to do. It's a school. You know, metaphysics teaches that our time on Earth is like being in school. It's only it's only a certain period of time we're here, and we're only accountable for what we do. We We have to stop measuring the success of our life by what's happening to us and what we have, we have to start measuring it more by how we deal what's happening in our life. So, okay, life threw you a curveball. How do you deal with that? That's showing how well you progress. And, you know, we all make mistakes in this area, but we have to get back on our feet again. And that's what a fighter does. It gets knocked down, it gets back up again, you know. And that's yeah. what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Dimitri, you know, I just want to ask you one more question. I'm going to let Sandra jump in. I get really caught up in here. I could talk to you for hours. Um, <laughs> you know, the th- something that I'm going through now is like, no matter, you know, what's going on, you know, there's always some good things and there's always some not so good things and hopefully there's more good things. But I'm looking at life now as everything that's happening, whether it's good or not so good, it's something that I, 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 be- you know, I determined what would happen. So how could I not embrace everything, the good and the bad, because I yeah, I kind of ordered it like a hamburger and french fries, you know, even well, before I got here. It's true. Many times we create our own reality. Many times we uh, we create scenarios. Uh, I was friends with a, a lady once, and she always had trouble with her bosses at her jobs. Every job she went to, the boss didn't appreciate her. And she felt neglected. Okay, one, two, three, but four, five, six bosses. Maybe the problem is, you know, you. Maybe you need to look at how you're dealing with these scenarios. Uh, But also some things, you know, there are other free wills. And sometimes, you know, life happens. So if you're sensing a repeated pattern in your life of something, then, yes, you're supposed to look at that. That can be what we call karma. It can be something that we're creating internally. Why am I always attracting the wrong person to me? Um... 
there's something I'm putting out there, and then I have to start to be honest with myself. Okay, am I afraid of this? There was a really interesting story at one of a lady in our classes. She had this very specialized job, and it was in the financial area. She was really good at it, and you know she could always find work because it was so specialized. There weren't many people that were doing it. But this one time, she could not find work to save her life, and she couldn't figure out what the problem was. So we were in a when our, our workshop, you know, at the institute, uh, unrelated to this, unrelated to work, it was on relationships, and we were talking about the power of forgiveness and letting go. And um, she thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to forgive my boss at this last job because we left on bad terms, you know. So she did this prayer that we do for forgiveness, and she's a little bit clairvoyant herself, and she said, I couldn't believe how much dark light I saw around myself. I didn't realize how angry I was still at this man. And she really let it go that day. And she called us three days later and said, guess what? I found a job. You know, So when you look at it energetically, you see what happens. One of the reasons she couldn't find the other job was she was still energetically at her old job. Her anger was still keeping her in the old energy, so how could the how could the new one come into her life? So when she let it go, then you know everything fell back into its natural place. So yeah, we have to be very conscious that we are the way we project our energy has an enormous influence in our life and even to things that maybe appear unrelated. Dimitri, this is Sandra. I've got like a big, big question for you, and it's mm-hmm. going to take like probably the next segment to answer. But one of the things that I find, and I know, uh, thanks, Roy, we only got a couple minutes before commercial break. Um, like people say to me all the time, like, you know, I've been called Pollyanna. Oh, I put my head in the sand. I've been told you're not dealing with it. You have an avoidant personality. You're repressing it, all this stuff, because there's most things that like, I could care less about, like, I don't want to get upset. I don't want to get angry at it. I don't want to hold on to it. And, you know, you get all these really kind of smart, educated people, um, and well-meaning friends telling me like, I'm not dealing with it. Um, But, you know, a lot of times when we experience someone else's trauma, like you will, like this is their problem, their anger, their whatever, um, I kind of take this thing that like, why would I put any energy into this? Like, I don't have to answer everything. I don't have to deal with anything. I don't have to defend everything. Like, like, does that have to do with our aura or like, is that like low frequency behavior or am I just like, to me, it's like just more peaceful. Well, it's kind of like we said earlier, you have to decide what you're going to accept or reject. And just because somebody's presenting something doesn't mean you have to accept it, even if it's a loved one. It doesn't mean you don't love them, by the way. It doesn't mean you don't care for them. But but you have to stand at the door to your own consciousness and say yes or no. That's our free will in action. Uh, what did Steve Jobs say? I had to say no a thousand times to the one thing I had to say yes to. You know, we can't do everything in our life. We can't be everything to everybody. There's only so many hours in a day, so we're going to have to prioritize things and decide what's important, pursue those things, and the other things we have to negotiate as they come up with. But, I mean, you look at doctors. If they emotionally got engaged with every patient, especially if they were serious kids, I mean, they wouldn't be able to even make it home every day, you know. So there has to be some kind of... uh, 
where maybe maybe a lot of people are, are making. You know, Demetrius, I need to take us to commercial break. Oh, okay. um, or Dimitri Moriadis, your book, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. It's a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. We're talking to him today about uh, so many different things. Uh, I love that what you said is we have to stand at the door of our own consciousness and say yes or no. We'll be more with Dimitri after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And the book of the hour is Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. Now, I want to be clear, Linda, neither Linda nor I were paid to promote this book. This is a book that came uh, across us from... Um, from one of the publicity houses that sends us uh, new books to read. And this was something that's like right in my wheelhouse. And I'm interested to report to you guys, or I I think it's important to say, this book has been around since 2000. You know, this is a new edition 16 years later. And when you think of like new age, spirituality, woo-woo books, 
a lot of them don't have a long shelf life. And that's one of the things that really intrigued me, you know, talking on the break with Dimitri is the longevity of this book. And this book is like one of those manuals. And Linda, you like, like, you know, we like different books. I like manuals. I like things I can highlight and, you know, source and reference and put a little tag on and, you know, come back to it again and again. I mean, this book covers so much from your bank account to your animals, to your kids, to your aura. Um, I do, before we get into like, you know, all the cool stuff in this book, I do want to go back to my original question, which was when we were talking about energy fields, and I think so many people I run into are so angry or they're hurt or they're frustrated. They're really negative, Dimitri. And I have a real hard time. My natural like instinct is to comfort and validate and support and help. And then I end up feeling exhausted, even if I just left Walmart. Um, how do we have a conversation with somebody and not let that energy seep in or provide comfort and support and not let that like negative energy drag us down? Well, that's a very good question. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. Number one, of course, building a strong aura yourself. And uh, let's, let's just, I'm going to back up just a moment to bring a key point in all of this. Uh, one of the reasons we wrote the book was not only to talk about the aura, but to talk about the power of meditation. This is actually in many ways a meditation book, because there's two ways you basically change your aura. One is through every single word, thought, act, and deed. So every good thing you do, even if you're not getting patted on the back for it, is definitely adding and enlightening your aura. It's, it's, we've been doing that, humanity's been doing that from you know, the beginning of time. But you can actually work with the energies that, are, that the aura is expressing. You can draw those powers into your aura, and that can have, through meditation, and that can have a profound effect on your life. So, for example, let's say I do feel low self-confidence. Let's say I don't feel like maybe I'm supposed to you know, try to accomplish something, and I, I know it's a good idea, but I, don't, I think I'll never succeed at this. I'll never be good at this. Uh, now, in the aura, the energy of confidence is a gold light, a gold energy. Uh, so people that you think, gee, they think they can do anything, you know, uh, well, they probably have this gold energy in their aura if it's, you know, not just a self-inflated image. Um, well, I can call on that energy in meditation, and I can ask for that golden light, and then as I go out and start to pursue where I maybe wasn't feeling quite as confident, well, now I'm going to have a little more. And we recommend a daily meditation. It doesn't have to be long, but it should be part of your routine, it's your one-on-one -on -one time with the divine. And this starts to build a very strong energy field. So when you do have others pushing in, because you will, especially those that are sometimes aggressive themselves, they will try to, maybe not consciously, but energetically, they're trying to push in. And you do have to kind of step back. There's actually protective tools. You can ask the golden light to protect your aura so that some of these energies don't come in. And you can also realize, you know, I can help somebody, but it doesn't mean I have to give it from my own self. I don't have to sacrifice my energies to help somebody else. I can be a channel of it for somebody, but I don't have to sort of give my own. And that's the difference from what we call sympathy and compassion. Uh, when we're sympathetic, we're kind of jumping into their arena. Compassion is we're helping them, but we're staying 
kind of above it. We're, we're, we're seeing the picture in its larger perspective. Well, I love that because just that, like, I'm a big word person, a big wordy, like you're an aura reader. I'm like a word reader. Um, But like just the energy around the word compassion versus sympathetic, like just shows a whole bunch of different involvement. Now, you um, thank you for that. Uh, You talk about even just the color of clothes. Yes. That's I I got Linda and I are like chomping at the bit with this one. You got to you got to share with us how your book can help us with our not our fashion sense, but like our energetic fashion sense. Right. Right. Well, first of all, let me say we're not we're not fashion consultants, although Barbara has worked with fashion consultants in the past. And uh, we're not talking about, you know, colors that match your skin tones or seasons of the year. I mean, I come from Chicago and you tend to wear kind of dark colors. It gets very cold there, you know, that kind of thing. I also went to school in New York, so I understand the New York mentality very well. The Manhattan Black. Mentality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I live in New York, so yes, it's black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and again, these might be very chic and maybe in terms of, you know, you look good in them. But right now I'm only speaking about what helps to enhance the auric power. That's the only way I'm talking. So there are what we call enlightened colors in the aura, and there are unenlightened colors in the aura. So in other words, if I'm expressing love right now, I'm going to have a beautiful pink energy in my aura. It's not just a girl thing. It can be you know, male, female. You'll have that pink energy in your aura. We are color. If I got super angry today... I'm going to have this dirty, vitiated red in my aura, dark, almost maroon red. And that is going to be a very debilitating energy. And by the way, one strong outburst of anger, and I don't mean just a little irritation, I mean a strong one, can linger in the aura for two weeks. So this is how powerful energies are. So in other words, you can start to wear colors that reflect the more enlightened energies. Uh, Let's say I'm very tired right now. And uh, physically, I'm exhausted, but I have a lot to do. Wear something red. Wear something bright red. Is that will help to bring? Because in the aura, red is the color of of vitality. Um, now you tend to either wear what you feel you are, where you feel at that moment, um, or you tend to you can wear what you need. So, yes, if you're tired and you do wear something like a gray. That's actually not the best color to wear because gray is the color of illness. It's oh, the color gosh. of worry. It's the <laughs> color of fear. You know, Barbara talks about one, you know, if you're persistently worried about something over, let's say, weeks or months, you can literally develop a gray cloud above your head. A spiritual gray cloud. See, this is so interesting to me because I'm a little bit OCD and I have my closet. I have a big walk-in closet, Dimitri, and it's all organized by color. And I don't walk in, you know, and decide what I'm going to wear. Like, you know, I walk in and think like what color feels like me today. And like, you know, when I was really working a lot on myself, everything was like turquoise and blue and sea foam. And well, then- turquoise is a great color because that's the color of prosperity in the aura. So that's a fat. If you're if you're worried about money or things like that, or you're trying, you're doing something that requires a lot of financial either investment or whatever, wear that turquoise. 
and that'll keep you in that higher state of, of prosperity awareness. There's there's a picture in the aura, an illustration of a of a of a nobility person that Barbara knew, and it was one of the most fantastic auras of of prosperity that she had ever seen. And we can build that, you know, again, we're never stuck with an aura the way it is. We're never stuck with anything in our life the way it is. We can change. The whole point of here is to develop ourselves spiritually. That's why we're here. So, okay, here's where I am today, but I don't have to stay here. I can, I can move. If I admire something in somebody, see, I, gee, I wish I had more of that character trait, or I wish I had that ability, or I wish I had that whatever, you know, that can be a, the beginning of something for you to create it yourself. Well, and I like that you have pictures in here, you know, because I'm a real picture person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with these spiritual books or these enlightenment books, I don't feel a whole lot enlightenment because I can't even visualize or understand right. what's going on. So right. these are really helpful. But I, I love that you validated my power color or not power color, but my the power of color, because I always think like I look at my kids and my little ball of happy sunshine. He mm -hmm. will pick yellow, orange, screen. Mm -hmm. green like he just <laughs> loves it and it fits him and then i've got my thinker you know who he's very much you know the navy blues and mm -hmm. and you know it's just interesting like when you start becoming aware you know, of color we did a workshop on uh for children that were in the in the you know when we were in la in the acting business and these were super talented kids i mean one was the voice of finding Nemo. Um, and we were talking about you know the color of talent in the aura is um is uh, this electric blue, this sort of peacock blue. Well, the woman that was hosting it, she said, you know what, when they came in for the workshop the next day, you know, three-quarters of them were wearing blue clothing. So they, they got it, like, right away. They didn't have any problem, kind of. I was really surprised they were even interested in the aura. But they, they really hooked into it because they don't, there wasn't a lot of barriers, and they're already so creative, they just realized this was an extension of their creativity. Well, and Linda, I'm going to go over to you. We've got two minutes. Yeah. Time. Well, break. when we come back, I think we, I, when we come back from break, I realize we only have a couple of minutes. I think we ought to talk about children because they are the most fascinating. And I think the children coming into the world now are, you know, a very, very special breed, much, much different than when I was a baby. But we can, we can talk about that after the break. But right now, and I don't know if you can even answer this question before the break, but what is the connection between the aura and our soul. Oh my God, the aura is your energetic expression of your soul. Mm -hmm. It's how the soul forges its spiritual metal. It's absolutely intimately linked because we are not a body; we are a soul inhabiting a body. Yes, and it, it is the aura that's giving you the. It's powering your soul to do all the things you need to do. So they are, you know, the right and the left hand, you know, working together. Wow, I was writing that down. That is so cool. I do have to tell the listeners because I've got a book in my hand here. You guys have to get a copy of this book because there's a whole page called The Auric Color Chart and Enlightened Colors. And it's so fascinating to go through because I was looking at this, Linda, um, and it's it totally represents kind of like how I feel about these colors without even knowing it. So the book that we're talking about today is Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step -step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. The authors are Barbara Martin and Dimitri, who's our guest today, Moriitis. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about the um, about auras and children and what's going on uh, with our pets. We'll be back again <laughs> after the break. Hi, 
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. I almost missed the intro because I was so fascinated with this auric color chart. That's like going to be my new go-to. I'm going to have to rip it out of this book and stick it on my wall. That's how cool I think it is. Um, the book we're talking about today, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power, Barbara Martin and Dimitri Moriaitis. This book has been around for 16 years. You want to get your hands, your hot little hands on a new copy. Um, because it is a great, great definitive resource guide for just about anything. And we're going to move over to kids and dogs because I know I'm all about the kids and Linda and I both are all about the dogs. Um, pets have auras, true or false? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, um, pets, you know, have souls too. And they're on an evolutionary path just like we are. So when you love your animal, it's not just about pets and hugs you are actually helping that animal soul evolve. That They're like spiritual sponges. They will pick up the energy, and this is in a good way, uh, and they will absorb it, and it helps them in their own evolutionary flow. Uh, by the way, they can also absorb uh, uh, negative energy. So let's say if there was somebody very sick or very angry in the house, uh, they can unintentionally pick up that energy because they are these spiritual sponges. And you want to ask the light to go to them too, the purifying ray to release them of that. But we have a responsibility to care for animals because it's a spiritual responsibility to to treat them well, to take care of them because of this evolutionary process that's going on. So yeah, I love animals myself. They're wonderful and they really respond to the light. 
they also live in a way in some ways they live almost closer to their spiritual nature than than we do because now i will say this their auras are much simpler they're not as involved as ours are because they're not on the same evolutionary scale as the human but they can have radiant auras too when it's and they by the way there's more advanced ones and less advanced ones too depending on their how they've been evolving how they've been growing can do they reincarnate as well absolutely they yeah. absolutely and well you know what they'll also do is they will wait for you on the other side oh so I, a, i'm hoping <laughs> oh no no if you had a dog and there, let's say you took care of him for 16 years and it was a loving relationship they'll wait for you and when it's your time to go home they'll be there to greet you Oh, um, I'm going to have a pack. You know, I've had, oh my God, I've had probably 12 dogs or something like that. And they're all, like when people would say like, you know, dogs don't have souls and dogs don't oh, have God. feelings. I'm like, you're an idiot. You know, anybody who's ever loved an animal and been with them, you know, the day before Misty died, she was my, my like my closest to my soulmate dog you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in liver, kidney and heart failure. And, and I was taking her to be put down in the morning and I, couldn't sleep all night and I laid with her she put her nose next to mine because I was crying you know I was like crying and she went like ooh, ooh, you know and I know she was crying too in her own way and telling me like it'll be okay we're going through this together and um anybody who's ever had a relationship like that with an animal um it's just the most beautiful thing yeah well we have- and they're great teachers oh they are they are and to remember that uh, you know First of all, with animals, they understand the transition process. They're, it's a natural. They don't have the hang-ups that we humans. It's not like Woody Allen's line. I, I don't. I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Kind of thing, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a great line. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but um, there and also whether it's human or animal, no love is ever lost. This is the beauty because life is eternal. You know, we're going through this experience on earth but it's going to continue in other dimensions and if there is a real love bond that love will find itself again somewhere down the line so yeah it's goodbye for now it's you know abiento but it's not au revoir yes we love that so i I just want to ask one really quick question whether it's a yes or no do you have to be near the person to see their aura like or can you remote view an aura well it's much better when you're closer. I mean, someone like Barbara can do it at a distance because she's so well-trained at it. What many people don't realize is it's one thing to be able to see the energies. It's another thing to be trained in them. Um, you know, Barbara started seeing auras at age three, three years old. Imagine what you were at three and all of a sudden seeing these. She didn't know what they meant, interestingly enough. And talk about the color chart. She was 11 years old, and she was actually in a theater acting company, and the teacher called her in privately one Saturday and basically said, you can see the aura, can't you? And little Barbara goes, is that what it's called? I, she didn't even have a name for it. And she said, I'm a hermetic scientist. I, uh, my mother and grandmother are both hermetic scientists, which is one of the most ancient mystical arts. I see auras too, and I want to teach you. And that's where she started teaching him how to interpret how emerald green means balance, how silver means intelligence. So now she could decipher what she was seeing so obviously when you're close to the person the energy field is much stronger i mean the you know there's a much more contact but if you have the skill you can definitely do it at a distance yeah yeah i was curious like you know you have to be near the person or you know like you yeah. think of psychics who do readings and you know i'm, I'm still right. fairly new to a lot of this stuff yeah now the psychic is a different skill you're using different apparatus than the 
than seeing the auras there. Yeah, you can. Well, there's there's energy in things. So if I'm holding something that's yours, I can start to tune into your energy. And so if I'm if I'm skilled at that, I can start to pick up things about you. I mean, a lot of people have been asking about the, um, you know, the presidential candidates and see their auras and <laughs> you know. And to a certain degree, you can actually. Um, and um, you know, there's some interesting energies going on with the candidates right now. Um, but obviously, when the St. Barbara does her full aura readings, it, well, it, it could be done in phone, but it's especially good in person. Yeah. Oh, I might have to come down and see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Dimitri, yeah. are you oh, ever surprised? Do you ever have, you know, you've known somebody or you have an opinion of somebody, and then you see their aura and you say, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Because that, that isn't what I thought it was. Well, it's true. We can put on a front. I mean, uh, we can... Um, you know what's so beautiful about the aura is the aura doesn't lie. You know, we can fudge with each other. We can even fudge with ourselves. Interestingly enough, the energy of self-deceit is sort of this avocado green mixed in with a gray energy. So we can, we can think we're something that we're not, and we've literally convinced ourselves of this. There's a self-deception, but the aura itself doesn't lie. And, you know, the challenge is sometimes you're not seeing the best colors around somebody that you may like. But the point is, that's a temporary situation. You know, we're in a mortal spark of life, and that life is inherently good. So if there are dark spots in the aura, these are temporary things uh, while the soul is working through something. So when we notice maybe imperfections in ourselves, we just have to say, ah, this is where I, what I have to work on, not this is what I am. When we start to identify with our weaknesses, then we trap ourselves in them. Yeah. Um, now, with children, I know our time is running out. You know, that's a whole subject. Now, there's an old expression, you know, give me the first seven years of a person's life and you can have the rest. Um, there is a lot of foundational energies that are established, just like a little child is growing physically. Uh, the auric energies engage slowly over time. They don't come in all at once. So the first seven years are extremely crucial uh, energetically because the aura is extremely pliable, extremely suggestible at that time because the soul has to learn so many things, has to learn how to adapt. And so uh, at that point, basic patterns are established. And the next big monumental moment is actually 12 years old. More of the higher energies come in at that time. And actually from the point of view of the aura, the full aura is engaged at 16. Uh, at that point, at least spiritually speaking, you're an adult, you're fully responsible for your own actions um, and karmically, and from there on, it's, again, your own flow as you're building. But as we see, it takes a while to get to that point. So helping the children grow, and especially as you were mentioning, they just seem to be smarter and smarter and more aware coming in now, it means we really have to give them their space to learn and grow, uh, to encourage them, to let them be themselves. You know, sometimes parents try to mold children in their own image rather than maybe who the, the child actually really is. And if it's needed, you know, uh, you have to train them or discipline because you want to make sure if they're bad habits that you're doing your part to alleviate them so that doesn't become a problem later on. Hmm. It's so much to know, you know, mm -hmm. um, how, how, like, 
I guess, well, this is just, no, that's a dumb question. I was thinking, like, how do you know when your kids get up in the morning? Like, how do you get a good look at their aura, especially when they're teenagers? Does, um, like, they're, like, I've got one, you know, who's hitting that hormonal stage, you know, the mm-hmm. preteen into teen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like he's gone wacko. Um, but does, does, like, what affects our aura? Like, our our, our thoughts, our emotions? Yes, yes, do yes. Our all of it. All health of it. And, all you know, of it. Every single bit of it. That's what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Uh, all of it is affecting the aura. And you just have to be straight with your children. You have to be open and honest. And, you know, and let's say the 12-year-old, it's a he. Is this your son, you yeah, said? Like, yeah. Um, you know, if it's possible, introduce him to some meditation techniques so he has some balance, uh, help him to understand. You have to, I think you do have to stay on top of your kids now because there are just so many ways to go off track so fast that you, you have to let them really be aware of what's out there and so that they're, you know, they don't, they don't get caught up in something that maybe it's not the best thing. Um, they have to go through their own stuff, but, you know, at the same time, you're still, you know, this is a very crucial stage now. You're helping your, your son through. So, by the way, you can even ask the light to go to others from, you know, from higher to higher, you know, ask the wisdom to go to your son, the intelligence. To, you know, you pray for your children sure. to help them see the light for themselves. And those prayers are heard. They are really, they are not like just wishful thinking. Dimitri, I think your book is outstanding. You know, you and Barbara have done an amazing job. I can see why it's a bestseller. It's definitely one of those books that I think everybody should have in their archives. You know, there's so much in here. I just want to take a minute here and I want to read some of the, um, you know, the table of contents. It's like you get into your spiritual bank account, the anatomy of the aura, the colors you are. Then you talk about three keys to working with spiritual energy, six steps to change your aura, tapping into power rays, um, how to change mental and emotion states, transformational meditations, strengthening relationships, there's dating, there's children, there's fashion and color. I mean, you know, there's 300 pages of goodness in here. And I really, you know, I really thank you for putting this together. And I recommend anybody who has a spiritual library to grab yourself a copy of nothing less than to get that color chart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is very important. <laughs> it is. It is. The book today, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual partner, or sorry, spiritual power, uh, partner's bar. Barbara Martin and Dimitri Moriadis. They are both part of the Spiritual Arts Institute. You guys are going to want to check that out. For Linda Franklin and Sandra Beck, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll be back again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 